Welcome to It Is What It Is, the podcast with me, Danielle Bridge. On our show, we catch up with guests to talk about all sorts of things, including our job, mental health, relationships, and basically everything that we humans experience as we navigate through life. Helen Flint and I talk today about coaching and how this profession can and does bring out the best in leaders and business owners. This one is super close to my heart because as a business owner, I know firsthand how debilitating it can be without support and someone in your corner. I have a guest with me today, Helen Flint, who runs a company called Helen Flint Coaching. And we are going to be talking today about the power of coaching. And actually, I was thinking about this earlier, Helen, when you talk about coaching, or when we talk about coaching, it's helping people, isn't it? Literally, you know, it comes down to helping somebody get through something, utilising their themselves. Is that correct? So before we get onto that question, welcome. <laughs> so going straight into these, com- these these questions. Thank you. Welcome. It's lovely to have you Thank on board. You. Thank you so much for coming. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what coaching is, and then we can delve into a little bit about, you know, how you started to, to start on this journey to becoming a coach. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, co- I mean, obviously, the principle of coaching is is very, very much based on um, the coachee has got all the answers within, and it's really sort of up to the coach, I guess, to enable and facilitate those answers to come out, um, and you know, very, very much help that person to create an action plan. Um, very much to sort of act as their sort of cheerleader, supporter. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've again, it sounds really corny, but for me, my pleasure comes from helping people and seeing people really sort of reach their potential, uh, you know, realise their dreams. Um, you know, it's just so exciting to, you know, to observe that and, and watch that. Um, I think often people tend to come to coaching uh, when they're sort of a a place of um, transition, they're at a crossroads. I think probably over this period, um, people have very much come to me um, kind of in a a situation of crisis Mm. um, because many people have come because sadly they've lost their jobs. Um, um, a, A lot of the work that I do well, the sector that um, I've worked in for a long time is hospitality. And obviously that has been really, really impacted um, by COVID. Um, and it's been really sad, actually, particularly sort of, um, you know, over the last year, literally watching an industry that was so successful and doing really well, has some fantastic people um, involved in, 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 in the industry, literally just almost des- become decimated so, you know, you've got people that um, were doing fabulous jobs, loved their roles, loved the companies that they were in, suddenly finding themselves out of work. And it's not a situation where, um, you know, often some people will come to me because they want to make a career change. So they're actually in work and they've got the time to think about, you know, what decision they're going to make, what path they're going to go down, when they want. So they have some control over that process. Whereas, obviously, if you're made redundant in that scenario, that control is kind of really taken taken away from you. But the, the, the very scary thing for them was that it didn't feel like that they had a choice because um, th- th- there were very few few jobs, you know. And so th- th- there was that scariness of, oh, my God, am I actually going to get anything else at the moment? Because um, everyone's being made redundant. Um, so a lot of it would be around building 
people's confidence back up, um, reminding them of, you know, all the skills and experience that they have. Because again, um, people that have been in a role for a long time um, and have been doing something for a very long time, they take it for granted, the experience and the knowledge um, and also their unique style and approach that they possess because they just assume that everybody can do that. And also because they're doing their job automatically, um, it, it takes a while to unpick, okay, you know, what skills have you got? Um, let's really think about your successes. And so, well, uh, well, oh, God, that was quite a while ago. So a lot of them might not have even done their CV for years and years. Some of them haven't interviewed for years and years. And that's it's terrifying for some people. I mean, I always say to people regarding the interview, the interview is literally just a meeting. It's a meeting between, sometimes it's two people, obviously sometimes it can be more. Um, and it's not just about the interviewer getting to know you, it's about you deciding whether you connect with these people and whether you want to work within their organization. So it goes back to that element of having, I mean, you talk about empowerment a lot. Um, so it, it's, you know, feeling empowered that you can make a choice. Um, so, so yeah, so, it, and people can come, sorry, people no, no, can come to coaching for all sorts of yeah, mm. um, it's interesting. I just like to so, go back to what you mentioned there, um, Helen. I remember when I was recruiting for a position in, within my organisation, and I remember at the end of it saying, "So, have you got any questions?" Um, and the person who who is now in role came back and like fired loads of questions at me as the you know as the business owner, and that for me was one of the things that cinched her getting that position. I was like, "Wow, okay, she knows what she wants. She knows what she's interested in." Um, and she knows, you know, what kind of questions to ask me. And this is not a one way, you know, right, I'm the interviewee uh, and she's the interviewee. This is a two way position, a two way conversation. And I was really kind of inspired by that. So it might be that you've, you may, you may have coached her. I'm joking, but it could have been that she's received some kind of coaching to be able to be able to do that. So tell me, um, why coaching? How did you get into it? Was you coached yourself? Is it something that you kind of got into? Tell us a bit about your journey to get to where you are, Helen. Yeah, so so my journey to coaching, um, I'd been working in recruitment for several years. I really loved the role um, for, for, for a number of years and um, because I'm, I'm very, very interested in people and I'm really curious about people. And also, again, it's a lovely thing to be able to find somebody a role that they're really going to enjoy. So, um, but, but it's also quite an intense um, role um and you know there's targets it's very full-on and I knew I wanted to make a change and also I wanted a bit of a break from recruitment um, I'm very passionate about traveling so I just thought oh maybe it's an opportunity to just have one more sort of world trip so I went off and I, I, I did my trip and I came back and I knew I didn't want to go back into recruitment um, but I really really didn't know what I wanted to do and I felt really a little bit lost actually and I went to a lunch and there was a lady there and I asked her what she did. And she said, oh, I'm a coach. And then I sort of asked her to explain what sort of that meant and what was that, that you know, what was involved in that. And I was, it was just like a light bulb moment. It was sort of right. Yeah, no, that's what I want to do. And really, weirdly, funny enough, I think I'd got this book at home, which was um, uh, 
uh, careers for dummies you know those yellow and black books and it, and i think it was an american book i got from the library or something because it had similar kind of job titles but they weren't job titles i recognized in the uk because obviously this is quite a while back and it's like Anyway, so it was just, it was really exciting to sort of think, oh, yes, right, now now I know the path I want to go on. So decide, decided, and, and you know, to do the qualification. And then in the meantime, I thought, well, I need to also do some part-time work in between. And then luckily, um, I was approached by somebody who'd met me sort of um, in my recruitment um, sort of work. And uh, she basically ran a learning development company and uh, she said, well, you know, come and come and work for me. It can fit in with your thing. And um, absolutely loved that. And also got the opportunity to coach while I was there as well. But I actually ended <laughs> up staying for seven years because the job kept evolving. Um, and also because, again, it's all about people. It's all about development. I absolutely love that. And even sort of I find that with the coaching, I've also used it in lots, not actually as in pure coaching, but sort of when you think about your leadership style and when I think about, for example, in my role in business development, when you're going to sort of um, sort of work out a solution for something, because often within learning development, people would say, right, I need this course. Uh, and you would go and actually sort of meet with them and you'd sort of unpick what their issues were and what their problems were. And it, like actually hearing what you said now, I think maybe perhaps this might be the solution that you're looking for. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I mean, gosh, it's such a valuable tool. You're listening to It Is What It Is, the podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode as we strive to bring you interesting conversations about the things that really matter. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. But for now, let's get back to that conversation. Um, yeah, everybody should do coaching and experience oh, you, coaching, it's so I think. interesting um, that you've said that because I kind of, I say that about therapy, that everybody should have a therapist. Everybody should have an opportunity to speak to somebody who's got their best interests yes. at heart. And I've used coaching. I, I used a lady called Philippa who was amazing for me. And she really helped me to kind of believe in myself and my own abilities as a business owner, because it's quite lonely when you run a business. Yes. You're on your own. And you've got to make all these decisions. It's and I'm, I'm not a natural decision maker. I struggled with that position. And I've, I found that our time together and, and her coaching style is we walked and talked. So we went to some beautiful areas and we walked and we talked. Oh, fabulous. That, yeah. That, yes. were, that were giving me a bit of trouble at the time. And I kept getting this, this understanding that actually I was doing okay. You know, I, I was all right. And I, I shouldn't have this self-doubt. And like you said, at the beginning of this conversation, yeah. it was all around kind of being my champion and making me believe in the things that other people could see that I couldn't quite see in myself. And I yes. wanted to be really, really, really yes. Unfortunately, I don't have her anymore. I might... <laughs> And so those, you know, those little niggles. Oh, why is that? Uh, well, just because of life took over, really. Yes. And, you know, it's kind of a bit like, right, OK, I'm going to go out on my own now and do the stuff that we're doing. And since I've spoken to her, I had her, you know, my I got an office with her help. I I moved it to the next level with her support, with her help. So I appreciate fully what it is and the power yes. that your sector has on individuals in business you know I have nothing but the utmost respect for, yeah. for Philippa if you're listening Philippa thank you you've been amazing um so you know from that point yeah. of view the, the work that you do I cannot you know I, I cannot recommend people using your services enough it is it's it's having a hand 
being held in a storm of uncertainty for me. Um, so, you know, I really respect what it is that, that you do. And putting it together with the therapy as well. And you, you saying earlier on, Helen, that everybody should experience coaching, just like everybody should experience therapy. Therapies help, therapy helps you with the things that you need to kind of work through. And coaching in whichever sector you are coaching helps you get through those things that you need to get through, right? So over the years, since you have been yes. coaching, what sorts of things might you be able to help somebody with? I know you mentioned earlier on about CV writing um, and helping people to kind of be, yes. especially throughout the, the lockdown and, and, the, and the situation with the pandemic and the, you know, the COVID. What sorts of things did you used to do pre um this pivot because actually I speak I speak to a lot of people and a lot of things have changed since the pandemic but what did you do as a coach before this and what will you do after what kind of things can you help with I think um certainly you know for example the mental health um services that you offer I think they are going to be so so in demand um because I I think the fallout from this whole period, because um, I think also people are still at the moment just kind of coping with things and, and um, just going with it. So some people actually haven't had a period where they can actually stop, you know, a bit like sort of when you um, go on holiday and you've been working full pelt, full pelt, full pelt, and you finally get to stop. And, and often that's when people become sick, become ill, because it's almost like, oh, I've got time now. No, it's not that you want to be ill <laughs> at that point, but it's almost like you've got time to actually be ill. But also, you, I suppose you've got that time to reflect. Um, so, yes, I think there's and also I think it's been really interesting, actually, it's sort of uh, thinking and preparing for um, our conversation is it, and going back on some of the, um, you know, the people that I've coached in this period, it suddenly reminded me just how traumatic it has been for some people during this period. Um, but but, the, but cer certainly, um, you know, it will have made them more resilient because unfortunately in life, um, you, you, the way you learn often is, is through your mistakes, through hardship. Um, and you you talk about yin and yang yin and yang a lot, and and you can't really appreciate the good times unless you've actually had the bad times, as it were. So if everything was always fabulous and we didn't have to strive for stuff, then um, we probably, as I say, we wouldn't appreciate the good stuff. Um, I think, as, as sort of, if I think about the industry um that as I say I've, I've worked in for a long time they've had to be very agile so they've had to sort of pivot and move and and sort of because if you think about earlier on in the in the, the pandemic um the sort of information from the government and it's not necessarily their fault we've never been in a pandemic before you know they were getting information about lockdowns at very short notice well you can't sort of suddenly if you close down a chain of restaurants you know there's food that's been ordered and all that kind of stuff and staff that are sort of on you know have been worked out and all that kind of thing so um yeah um what would I guess maybe it's also about people really thinking maybe about their um transferable skills I think this has been a real period of reflection for people um, so I think 
what's obviously come, comes I mean when I work with people even for example if they're focusing on their career um, I always try and encourage people to be quite holistic and look at it's because people aren't just one dimensional they're not just their career and that would be really unhealthy if they only focused on their career so I try to encourage people to sort of look at the the whole thing um, and I think sort of having this period of reflection and also probably for some people a, a bit more work-life balance because I mean you know no, never did we imagine that like the majority of the population would actually be able to work remotely um but again i think i think there's also a danger in that as well because um i've also coached people that have been having to start new jobs during this period so can you imagine particularly if you're early on in your career having to start with a new organization and you're trying to do that remotely so you haven't got somebody that you've got sat next to you where you can just kind of go oh um excuse me, but how do I do this or how do I do that? And also, I think people learn from observing other people. Um, you know, you'll look at how somebody deals with the situation and you won't necessarily mirror them completely, but you'll think about a phrase that somebody's used or a way that somebody's dealt with it. And you'll either think, wow, I like the way that they dealt with that. Uh, I'll use that next time. Or you might also look at it and think, mm, I think that probably could have been done better. I might do it this way. Um, and also, I think for younger people, um, often it's like their, their social network as well um, that they don't have. And, and human beings need to connect. Mm. Um, so I think it would be dangerous if everything becomes remote. I think that we need to have a balance. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it would be really dangerous. Mm, if, that kind of, um, that kind of hybrid yeah, working, every, isn't it? And it's interesting you talk about the way in which people are going to go back to work. Some of the work that my company has been de dealing with at the moment is trying to navigate what that looks like for people. And you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said about starting off in your career. There's a lot of young people that have come out of university, got into their jobs, and then suddenly they're working from home and they're missing out on that that connection like you talked about earlier, which is so important as human beings. And that experience you know, I've often reflect in the office how when I left school and went to college and then moved to London and had this, you know, really active life and went to work in Oxford Street, for example, you know, is really buzzy and, and lively. Yeah. And they're missing out on that. You know, they're at home in their houses. We're on lockdown and it didn't pan out the way that it panned out. And it's in it's for me, it's quite fascinating because this podcast is called It Is What It Is, the podcast. And the reason I called it that was because and it, some people might find it quite flippant, and I apologise if, if people do, but the reason why I called it that was because ultimately yeah. we find ourselves in the situations we find ourselves in, and we can throw as much discourse at that as, as we can, but we are still faced with what we're faced with. And I think in terms of your job role, helping people understand that we are find where we find ourselves where we are but what can we do to try and empower or try to enable people or try to reflect and understand our position and then push forward in it in any direction which we can basically using the tools in which we've got to try and navigate where we find ourselves and that's the power for me of helping people and that's why i love the fact that you in your in your job connect with people to help people do that you know it's such an important tool to have and I know an awful lot of business owners chief execs etc who have coaches to be able to help them make those decisions 
um, and like you said earlier on in the beginning of our conversation, to kind of tap into what they already have, but helping to eke that out of them because that's yes. the bit that people find tough some of the time, you know. I think also the other thing as well, and, and you probably felt this when you you were also um, working with that Philip Philippa, wasn't it, with Philippa, um, that often when you're running a business, you are so busy and you're, you know, you're firefighting, you're looking after everybody, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You don't sometimes have the time to basically take that space to actually reflect and think about the strategy mm. and because you because there's so much other you know there's so much other stuff you sh you you know you could be doing but it's like well I don't have time I can remember actually one client sort of saying to me oh my god I really don't have time for today I, I could really have done with cancelling it sort of thing and I was thinking well I'm glad you didn't <laughs> and uh and actually what was lovely was actually at the end of the session she said actually do you know what Helen I'm really pleased that we went ahead with that because I actually do really need this time to really think about things and to strategize. And, you know, it, it's been really useful because otherwise you do end up just reacting, don't you, mm. as opposed to being more proactive. Mm. And I totally agree with you because you said, you know, as a business owner um, and, and people like that that I coach, it is really lonely isn't it right right you know you can't sort of say to your um staff god oh, gosh you know i'm having a, a really tough time at the moment and um oh i'm really stressed about this or i'm really anxious about that because you're the one that's got to be the rock mm -hmm. for them um so it's re really important that you have an outlet that you can share your your fears with and i think that's the other thing about coaching is it's having that um safe and confidential space which is totally um, objective and non-judgmental, um, which is really powerful, I think, for clients. Um, and, uh, you know, clients have sort of said to me, you know, wow, I, I don't have these conversations with anyone else. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have these conversations with anyone else. And, and again, I suppose that's quite scary if you think still at the moment, not you know, everybody doesn't access a coach because, as I say, I think, goodness me, can you imagine what an amazing world it would be if everybody had access to a coach? <laughs> and and just the fact that because often when, when you're coaching somebody, what's so lovely is often they you, you said it yourself about yourself is often people don't see um, the gifts that they have and they don't see the ability that they have. Um, I, and I don't know also if that's a very British thing because we're we're quite humble. We're not taught to really sell ourselves, yeah, are we, and promote our ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and blow our own trumpets, which is why people always find things like the interview absolutely terrifying. Um, I think also, again, it goes back to this untangling and this unpicking that happens within coaching. So, again, often people sort of have got an idea of, the, you know the, the question they want to unpick or whatever but they can't they have the only way to get there is is through this process um to get the clarity mm. um i think also i'm sure you you found it as well it's 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 a real sort of journey of um 
you know, self-awareness, you learn stuff about yourself, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where it is quite close to therapy, I suppose, you know, from a business point of view. And you probably had conversations yourself which have maybe bordered kind of therapy, <laughs> do you know what I mean? People talking to you about things that might pop up for them um, in terms yeah, of, like, I'm of all... their thoughts and feelings behind it. And, and I just want to go back quickly to what you said earlier. When people, that lady yeah. who said to you about um, she could have done with cancelling, I think that feeds into this whole narrative about when everything is kind of going up in the air, that the one thing that we we tend to sacrifice first is is ourselves. Because, you know, at the end of that conversation, she's like, actually, I really needed that. So when it's all going, you know, up in the air, it's like, right, that's it. Everything's, I've, I've got this, I've got that. I'm firefighting, I can't do this. Right, what's the one thing I can sacrifice? Oh, I know, I've got counselling, um, I've got therapy or I've got coaching, which is the thing for me, which is going to make me feel better. But I'm going to push that aside because I've got to deal with everything else. When actually, if you have the power to deal with everything else you know, because, because of the coaching or because of that, you know, it's the thing that it, that gives you the, the, the strength to be able to carry on doing, running the business or carry on looking for that job or carry on doing whatever it is that you do by working on yourself. And you also mentioned earlier on about kind of a position and I am really fortunate enough to have a team around me who know me, warts and all, and I've created a culture within my company of transparency and honesty. And up until September when we take on a new a uh, new head of, of mental health and well-being um it's been a female only business um which basically means there's a lot of hormones mm. there's a lot of of emotion in our office which is beautiful and I'm really gifted to be able to have created yes. that environment and I always talk to companies about taking being able to take your whole self to work and I'm not talking about bursting into tears because of x y and z or being really overly sensitive etc but about having a safety unit within your organization so as our small business of five employees it's easy to do but I envisage as it gets a bit bigger my business specifically I'm talking about here as it gets bigger on my quest for world domination Helen um then I'm not going to be able to have that kind of culture (laughs) sitting in the office and crying my eyes out if I need to um and it might happen who knows but you know it might be then as the business gets bigger that I would then need to kind of um almost safeguard that space does that make sense I safeguard that space that conversation that yes um, makes yeah it makes total total sense and that's always I think the real difficulty um with any business when they go from being that sort of lovely small almost like a family I would imagine it's like a family and you know I can see that you really live your values and I I can hear from obviously Ingrid absolutely loves working um, for you and your organization Um, and and just listening to your podcast when you took when you were talking about gosh you know where there's quite a lot of females and you know when the menopause comes up we're going to really have to think about that and we'll make allowances and I'm thinking wow that's amazing for an organization to Mm -hmm. say that they're going to to do that and have that commitment and have that understanding and how, how fantastic. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the, and then the, the difficulty, as you say, is, is how do you retain that magic and that togetherness? And I think that's about being very clear about what your values are, what your core values are. What does that mean as far as the behaviours that you want to see within your business and everybody basically living those values and 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 demonstrating those behaviors and I guess for you it's also about because again for particularly those 
employees that were with you at the beginning of the journey is how you sort of don't lose that connection yes. with them because 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 they will be used to sort of you literally just being very accessible and, and being there but also again when as you grow bigger as a business is you know with clients they will be very used to you know you kind of are the business as it were so it's again that difficulty where you have to pull yourself because you can't be everywhere and that's quite and particularly for entrepreneurs as well it's very hard for them to pull themselves away and then having to so you obviously again you have to find representatives that absolutely represent you mm -hmm. um so you feel complete confidence that whoever's going out and effectively is your business is you know is exactly behaves exactly not, not exactly because you obviously want individuals i think it's really important to have a real mixture of personalities and people and also skill set because everybody's got value to add mm -hmm. but i think shared values are really important and certainly with the learning development business i worked with we used to do a lot of work around values because often you'll see you know a, a business's core values sort of on their website and stuff and it's like mm, but do you really and does everybody within the business really understand what they meant did they have any sort of um involvement in helping to create those and what does that really mean um yeah so Sorry, it's something I feel quite passionate about. Absolutely, so, yeah. You'll know you're um, bang on. And it's quite it's such an amazing conversation because you've hit the nail on the head in so many terms. It feels as if I'm getting a free coaching session, Ellen. To be honest, it's lovely. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the fact that you've mentioned kind of you you've talked about our exact position right now, which is very interesting, you know, in terms of stepping back, me not having as much contact mm. with my clients, even though at the beginning it was just me and a phone and now me not delivering those mm -hmm. courses because I'm busy running the business and explaining that. But I, again, have so much trust in my team um, to, for in their ability to be able to represent me as a, as a, as a and, and the company and the values. And we, we've did an, we've done an awful lot on our values with a, an amazing organization called Brand By Me, run by um, a fantastic entrepreneur, uh, Colette Philip. And we did an awful lot of work, an awful lot of work on what our brand means, you know, what our values are, what our purpose is. And really, really work, important. And having, yeah. having that to be able to transfer to your team is key because then everybody's reading literally from the same from the same guidelines Actually, and starting to walk and yeah. talk that you know that language really, no it's really so it's 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 so so vital so vital um and and again for you it's going back to this this you time as it were um it's so important that you also factor in you know looking after you and and making sure that you do get um, that I mean, for example, you know, people when when I'm coaching sort of business coaching, and they might be paying for it, for example, themselves, not through, and they're like, oh, but should I be doing this sort of in work time? And I'm like, well, yeah, you should really, because actually your business is benefiting. Mm. This is actually for the benefit of you, but you're also going to be better at your role and a better manager if you're actually having this this coaching. Um, so what? But then so it goes actually, back to this thing. Sorry, I think we had a bit oh, of a lag there, Because you mentioned it actually about the coaching, business coaching. What sorts of coaching do you offer? So what, what are the kind of differences for everybody out there that's trying to... Kind of yeah, I, I mean, I, I was, yeah, I was very much sort of told really 
that you're really very meant to sort of specialise in in one area. And I suppose I've I've always because I like variety. Um, I didn't really want to be pigeonholed in one area. And to be fair, um, the principle of coaching is that you don't necessarily have to be a specialist in one area to necessarily coach on it because it's about asking the right questions at the right time. Um, Obviously, with the careers coaching, it does help because I have got a huge amount of experience in that arena because I've had so many years working within recruitment. Um, So there is a lot that I can, some, some added there. Um, with the the business coaching again god you know sometimes it's as as you say literally just having somebody outside the business to sometimes offload Mm -hmm. sometimes it's actually talking about um, it could be to do with because obviously your conflict can come up a lot within businesses Uh, sometimes it can be relationships sometimes it's about um, thinking about their strategy Sometimes it can be because, again, um, you know, with careers coaching, it's not necessarily that somebody wants to actually find a new career outside of the business they're working for. Um, I would always say to people, well, let's let's think about actually the opportunities that within the business you're working. If you actually like the business, um, you know, let's think about how you can make yourself more visible, um, you know, that that, that side of things. So, um, it re- I mean, it really can be on anything. I mean, it's, it's, I always basically would say to clients that the coaching is is literally always about, it's their agenda, it's very bespoke. So I will actually, um, for every new client, I'll send them a welcome pack and it'll have lots of questions, some related to their career, some related to their personal life. And then also like a section on on the goals and the outcomes of exactly what they want to get out of coaching. Because for me, um, it's all about outcomes. Um, I think it's really important that um, sort of at the end of, you know, when when they've finished their programme or or, or they feel that they've got what they want to, to get out of the coaching, that they feel like they've moved on and they've achieved what they want to achieve. Otherwise, kind of what's What's the point, sort of thing? Yeah. Um, I think it's also and important. I think it also by go on, Helen. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, but also, I think by going through that exercise, it gives them clarity as to what it is that they want. Because I think sometimes when somebody comes to coaching, they might. It's a bit like the clients I was telling you about when they were thinking about training solutions. Um, when they first come to coaching, they might think that what they're looking for is one thing but when they start to unpick it and and look at it in more detail sometimes it can end up being something else um and i think the beauty of um coaching is the fact is that it it basically opens up well what are the options that are available to me because again sometimes people come to coaching thinking there are no options or there is only one or two options um and i'm a very high options person (laughs) so it's about thinking Okay, well, what are your options? And and okay, so if you want if you want to choose that option, let's create an action plan of of, of you know how you're going to get there. And I think the other reason that um, coaching is really powerful is it's that accountability piece. So I would always, I always encourage my clients to set goals. They set the goals. They set the timelines at the end of every session. And because they know they're having another. They, 
the session with me when you know when they're going to be having another session it's very much oh right oh have I done my have I done my goals for Helen sort of thing but it's not for me it's not for me it's for them yeah but, yeah. but I think it's that accountability if you it's a bit like sort of if you say you're going to do something and you announce that to the world you've kind of put it out there haven't you and it's sort of like well are you, are you going to be doing that thing then yeah yeah um and so actually, that accountability yeah so I've gone on from the slight no 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 absolutely because I was going to mention the accountability piece because <laughs> When you're a business mm. owner, you don't have accountability to anybody other than yourself. When you, you know, there's nobody in my business that I have to account to. Um, Ingrid is fantastic at looking after my diary and keeping me very accountable to the things I have to do for the business. I can imagine she's so organised. Extremely grateful because she is everything I am not in terms of being organised and being quick and you know turnaround is just phenomenal. And I'm quite a meandering kind of person. I'm a bit like you know or us you know fly by the by the, by the seat of my pants it's literally deadline focused that I work best when I'm working to a deadline which is not necessarily the best thing when you're running a business because it is quite stressful so that accountability piece is really important especially yes. when you're paying for it right so it's like well it has to be done because actually I've invested this time and this effort to make sure that there are outcomes and you mentioned outcomes earlier like I said before when I had my coach I, I didn't have mm. an, an office. I was petrified of getting an office. I was petrified. I was kind of like, if I have an office, it means that I'm a big enough business to need an office. This is a bit weird. And all of those feelings of, really, do I? And it's like, absolutely, yes, you do. You know, this is yeah. something that's the next step, Danielle. And, you know, tell me about why it is that you shouldn't, etc. And I, I got an office. And I remember the, when I saw her the next time, I was like, I've done it. I've done it. She's like, wow, see, there you go. So it is, it's about having that kind of champion in your corner. Um, and I would, like I said before, I would actively encourage anybody thinking about coaching, go and do it. You know, it, there is no harm in it. What literally yeah. nothing to lose. Right. So, yeah, go out there. If you're listening to this podcast and thinking about getting somebody who would help you with your accountability, <laughs> please, please, please call Helen. Oh, actually, that leads us to, to the end of our conversation, Helen. It's been an absolute pleasure. But before we sign off, is there anything that you kind of want to add or and if there's not where can people find you how can they find out about you and what you're doing in your business yeah uh, um well firstly um i offer um a free inquiry um session so some people call that a chemistry session so talking through um the process, how I work, my style, um, because I think it's really, you, you'll know yourself with, with coaching, it's really important that the person actually feels really comfortable with whoever they're going to work with. And there's no obligation. So I wouldn't be at all offended if somebody actually thought, actually, no, Helen's not for me, because everybody's got a different style. Um, so it goes back to that thing where you're saying, look, I would encourage everybody that's thinking about coaching just to go and do it, because often, People take a long time sometimes when they're thinking about coaching. So they'll maybe ask somebody about the coaching and it's months sometimes before they actually do it. Because um, I think there's still this kind of slight sort of, I don't know whether people are sort of embarrassed to say, well, I have a coach and it shouldn't be because, you know, professional sports people, they wouldn't dream of not having a coach um, to support them. I mean, it, it's crazy. So, yeah, um, I hope that people... Um, in the future, it's it's something they're going to be really proud of that they have a coach, and it's, it's a really positive thing. Um, but yes, yeah, so you said where can you find me? So 
Yes, so um, helenflintcoaching.co.uk or you can email me on helen at helenflintcoaching.co.uk. Um, I'm on Instagram, Helen Flint Coach. Um, yeah, so yeah, just, just as I say, contact me and um, very happy to chat through things. And yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. Mm. Pick up the phone, guys. Go online look at all of the socials and yeah and if you wanted to find out a little bit more about coaching just reach out so thank you so much Helen it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show I've I, it's been fascinating actually it's taken me down memory lane um about the impact of it so thank you so much for your input today oh thank you so much as well Daniel I really appreciate it thank you You've been listening to the It Is What It Is podcast, presented by Daniel Bridge and produced by Defresh Productions.